everyone, I'm Mario Nerd 64 And I am Big Nakuma. And we are your gamer friends. Gamer friends, gamer friends, gamer friends, gamer friends. Short and sweet, just like this episode. This week, we are... <laughs> I'm just... I'm not... We're logging on with Minecraft news, Rage 2, Microsoft and Sony are working together, CD Projekt Red, they're full of shit, Epic Games, and Skull and Bones. These past two weeks in nerddom, we're talking Robert Pattinson and Game of Thrones. In the home screen, we're getting into an oldie but a goodie, Forza Horizon 4, another oldie, Mass Effect, the Division 2, and Apex Legends. So let's start off by talking about what I'm depressed about. Okay. I'm depressed that there was a feature on Kotaku about a socialist Twitch streamer, and the whole thing was about Chapo Trap House, the racist podcast. <laughs> Uh-oh. Are we, are we starting a rivalry with another podcast? It's not really a rivalry in the sense that I'm not a socialist who makes a million dollars a month. But um, anyway, what I'm actually sad about is games related. And that is Skull and Bones, the pirate game from Ubisoft that had a great showing at E3 last year. I was so excited about it. Apparently lost its lead developer last year, which I didn't hear about, and it won't be at E3, and it's delayed indefinitely. I'm sorry, your pirate game is delayed indefinitely. I guess yeah. you'll have to just make up for it no, with we uh, won't. Assassin's Creed. I thought you were going to say Sea of Thieves. Well, that too. <laughs> um, that is a 45 minutes at a time kind of game. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you know... The, the new story mode is cute. I was falling asleep the other night. I can't wait for Tim to hear that. He doesn't listen. Oh, so, he doesn't listen? <laughs> Edna might. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Either way, I'm pretty sad. So if I'm sad in this episode, it's because of that. Oh, you're so fucking dramatic. Anyway, Minecraft is coming to a phone near you. What a nice 10th anniversary surprise. Yeah, right? Uh, very soon, the open beta for Minecraft Earth is coming out. It is an augmented reality free-to-play game for iPhone and Android devices. It's Pokemon Go. Apparently. It's Pokemon Go, except Minecraft. You think as many people will play it? I have no idea. I feel like Minecraft is pretty much equally popular to Pokemon. Like... I don't know many people who haven't played a Pokemon game, and I don't know many people who haven't played Minecraft. That's very true. So, who knows? I think that Minecraft might be a little less accessible to the masses. Like, are aunties and uncles going to get excited about Minecraft the way they got excited about Pokemon? I don't know. I think the premise of Minecraft is pretty, like, accessible. And anyway, in this version, you're, like, building shit with your friends. So it already has a much more collaborative element to it than Pokemon Go. All of it is life-sized. I think it's going to go viral in a very specific way. Like the creations, because they're going to be cool and like big, there's obviously going to be screenshots of them. But then again, most people turned off the hologram stuff (laughs) for Pokemon Go. (laughs) Like they played without actually augmenting any reality. Well, this one is all augmented reality, so you can't play it without it. Then maybe the bigger issue is going to be that people's phone batteries are not going to let them play this for very long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure someone has uh, solved that issue or will solve that issue. Mm, I'm sure you will play it and tell us in the next episode. When's it coming out? So the beta is coming out in the summer. It is the summer. It was 90 degrees today. In the calendar summer. They didn't give a specific date, but you can sign up on their website. We'll leave a link in the show notes. Um, You do need, however, an Xbox or Windows account, as well as if you're doing it on an iOS device, an Apple account. I'm pretty I'm guessing it's a Google account, too, if you have if you're using Android. Um, You need double accounts and then they'll get signed up for the open beta. I'm signed up. 
I will I will try the open beta. Um, I really did. I love Minecraft. I used to play it a lot um, in college with my roommates, most of which I don't talk to anymore. We had good hmm. times, though. I'm very excited for you. I hope that you enjoy your Minecraft game, and I can't wait to hear about it. Thank you so much. So to wrap up on something that we've been kind of talking about on and off for several episodes now, there was finally some drama involving the Epic Game Store that really had nothing to do with Steam. (laughs) Oh, boy. So they decided that they were going to do a sale the way that Steam does sales. And as you know, if you are a PC gamer... Steam occasionally puts on these really massive sales where things are discounted up to like, you know, 50, 75% off. Mm -hmm. And you can get a lot of stuff. It's kind of a running joke that you have way more games in your Steam library than you'll ever actually play because of these sales. Epic wanted to get in on the action and they didn't communicate with publishers um, uh. what these prices were going to be or <laughs> really any of the details. And so for the duration of the sale, the Epic Game Store lost nearly all of its AAA and major studio content because they pulled it for the sale. Oh, wow. I have nothing to say. Clearly. Uh, how? Make it make sense. Who? Why <laughs> would you do that? Like, how do you just decide you're just going to have a sale and not literally tell anyone that you're trying to have a sale, but you're selling other people's shit? Like, I don't know. That's, I, how, that's how the Epic Game Store works. Well, excuse <laughs> me. That's what the developer said. They're like, what did you think this was? Put that shit right off. <laughs> All of it is life-sized. Well, a gaming relationship that is working right now. Mm. Microsoft and Sony. Mm-hmm. If the reports are to be believed, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well. Why don't you first explain what it is that they said? So there was like this big thing that these people signed. They were like, hey. We are going to work together using Microsoft's Azure, Azure, Azure network Mm -hmm. (laughs) to work on streaming games for both Microsoft and Sony. In a rare move, Sony is deciding to come together. No. And back to the reports, very specifically, <laughs> not PlayStation, but Sony. <laughs> it's very. I'm very confused. So, the word on the street is that the PlayStation team heard about it at the same time that we did. That it was an upper Sony deal with Microsoft, not like the Xbox team and the PlayStation team. Oh, so it's like... Well, they, I know they mentioned content. So it's, it's still like, real. It's still, so are they streaming games or is it just going to be like their I, little I think shows? that PlayStation is acknowledging or Sony is acknowledging that PlayStation doesn't have the best um, network interface for like streaming the games. Right. And maybe they don't have any infrastructure for it. I know there's been a lot of complaints about how the PlayStation network thing works. What's it called? PlayStation Plus. I see. So I would imagine that, you know, they're trying to fix that stuff in partnership with Microsoft, I guess. Microsoft is heading to the Switch. They're bringing Xbox Live to the Switch. So, you know, I I can see maybe like Xbox Live on the PlayStation, but they don't call it that. (laughs) Who knows? But I think it's good news. I think it's good, ultimately, that they're working together and not trying to go after each other. Yeah, I guess. I guess we'll just have to um, see specifically what that means because I don't think anyone really knows. No, I don't think we really know. Which, what you know, it's fine. Um, Rage 2 came out, launch title, thing that I was interested in getting. Mm -hmm. Um, From all accounts, it's 
fine, just maybe not worth $60. So wait for it to be on sale. Okay. Published by Bethesda, so already a mark against it. However, <laughs> the team that did Doom is responsible for Rage. Oh, so you know, it's it's at least doesn't have too many bugs in it. Well, at least it's playable. It's definitely playable, and apparently it plays a lot like the new Doom. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I would imagine that when this game goes on sale, I'll grab it. Um, I don't know how much time I'll spend with it. There were also some people saying that it gets a little repetitive and not even in an interesting way. So you know how in PUBG, like, there's only a certain number of houses per map, and they organize them into cities and stuff like that. And so it's not, like, the same, but inside of the houses is the same. Yeah, like, if you're set number of assets and then you just kind of copy and paste. Right. Well, they apparently have copy and pasted a lot of like the world locations where you're going and doing things and the missions Mm -hmm. are not necessarily in special places. Like in Destiny, you're in the open world and then if you go into a mission, you go into an area of the map that you cannot otherwise get into unless you're in that mission. Mm -hmm. Well, not in Rage 2. Mm -hmm. I guess for a lot of it, it's just taking place in the open world. Interesting. Yeah. So I do intend to pick it up. It does look really fun. does look really cool. I just don't think that I want to pay full price for it. Well, you know, I'm sure some sale, summer sale is going to come up soon. Yeah. Or, you know, after summer is fall, then there's a fall sale. And Thank you. I tried. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely pick it up. But uh, if you are interested in Rage 2, go check it out and uh, you can buy it now. It's out. Well, a game that's not out yet and will probably now take even longer. Maybe. Maybe if they decide to, you know, apparently do what they say they're going to do and not run their employees to the ground. CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077. I find that I'm very annoyed that we spent time talking about how They shouldn't need to do any crunch because they haven't even given us a fucking release date yet. And maybe they should think of their employees because they're coming off of what was heralded as the greatest game of all time. They can take their fucking time, maybe. Time, time, time. Well, I guess there's an internal fucking clock because CD Projekt Red is being accused of crunch. One of their bigwigs gave an interview to Kotaku, specifically Jason Schreier, who has been on a roll recently and was the one behind that big Anthem uh, article. And what ended up happening was some pretty classic union-busting stuff. He said all of the overtime is optional right now. They have been getting input from their staff about what they should be doing, and they're encouraging people to take vacations, and they're promising that there won't be any uh, repercussions for taking time off or walking away uh, from certain projects at a certain time to like take care of yourself. It's all the normal stuff that management always says when they're trying to get people to not organize. Anyway, we've all heard this before. We all know what it's like. Now, I will say, CD Projekt Red is not based in the United States. So this is not something that's governed by the same laws. So I won't pretend to be an expert on labor law um, in any other country uh, or in this one. However, you know, I would imagine that these folks are not unionized. And I wonder what exactly they plan on doing about that. Because this is, I don't know, it's it's pretty ridiculous. I'm hoping that it's not bullshit. Like, we have every reason to believe that it is, but, you know, I I don't know. Maybe it's not. Yeah, I mean, I guess we will find out. I am not hopeful that anything is going to get done besides that game with Crunch. (laughs) So. (laughs) I'm going to have to play it right away and play really fast to to get done with it before the expose comes out. Oh my! I know this dude is really out for blood, huh? I mean, he is kind of the guy right now, so. Hmm. And has been for a long time. It's not like the Anthem article was what put him on the map. Right, right, right. Jason's been around the block. Anyway, um, that's it for the news. Why don't you take us to these past two weeks in nerddom where there's no Marvel? Oh my goodness, you're right. There could be Marvel, but there isn't. Yes, no Marvel, and both of the things that we are going to talk about bring me absolutely no joy. Is it a coincidence? 
I'll let you decide. Let me shoehorn a third thing in that may or may not bring you joy. I don't know. Okay. So apparently Sony's making a TV show based on Twisted Metal, which I loved as a kid. Never got into that one. So I am neutral on the subject. But why don't you enlighten us what Twisted Metal is? It's actually, now that I think about it, kind of a battle royale game. You're a car of some fucked up archetype. Like, it was kind of a horror game in a lot of ways. Like, there was a demonic clown was one of the characters. The black character, because of course there was the black character, um, is a man whose arms were cut off and, like, inserted into two giant wheels. And, like, so he kind of is the car. Like, it's, it's a very, like, grotesque kind of horror show uh-huh. um and you just you know battle you like it's pvp but you know there's also a pve campaign that you can do um it is kind of like you're going down to the last car though so i guess the, <laughs> it's kind of a, a battle royale in a way um with no circles i guess if that makes sense sure just like on a map yeah it's still weird as fuck it's definitely weird so Here's the thing, though. The stories behind them are all super interesting. Like, there's kind of, like, deep lore Mm -hmm. for all the characters. And almost in a fighting game kind of way, you know, from game to game, they're telling a story. So I actually think a TV show would be really good to adapt this to. Uh, I just wonder how hardcore it's going to be. Because, like, they could cutify it and make it kind of like the early video game stuff. But the later things have been rated M and kind of dark. Well, uh, I will be sure to maybe check out a video of the cuter stuff. <laughs> I'll you know, show you I need, a Twisted Metal video after we record. I need some lighter things in my life right now, you know? Lighter like... I was going to say lighter like the fan reactions of hearing that Robert Pattinson is going to be playing Batman in Matt Reeves' The Batman. And the joke is that they have not been light because DC fans don't know how to act. I'm exhausted by the fact that they've recast Batman, (laughs) that they're making another Batman, that it's Robert Pattinson, and that the DC fans are in a furor again. Look, all I know is that man had to play a sparkly vampire. So to me, he can play whatever he wants. If you could take that role seriously, you know, I I think it's going to be great. I also don't care about this movie. (laughs) I just... I'm tired. So many Batmans. So many Batmans. Yeah, you know, I don't really give him a pass because of the vampire stuff. In fact, I indict him because of the (laughs) vampire stuff. And as far as I'm concerned, has he done anything recently? Um, Apparently. Apparently there was like one indie film that... We were like, he's great in this. Um, why hasn't anyone seen it? And um, I just, I don't particularly follow the career of Robert Pattinson, so yeah. You know. For me, it's like definitely childish <laughs> because I was I was Harry Potter, and this Twilight bullshit was <laughs> was just not cool. But it just seems like a weird choice. I don't even know what his voice sounds like. I gotta say. So are we getting rid of the Batman Husky talk? Now? I don't know. Is he going to try to do it? Maybe Matt Reeves won't. His version won't have a husky bat dad. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We will. Well, you'll probably see. I'll wait till it's on HBO. <sighs> I'm also going to wait till it's on HBO. I can't be. This is too much. I'm tired. Although, I guess since the MCU is slowing down a bit, maybe I'll have time in my schedule to go see this. This is a no Marvel zone? Oh, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Definitely more disappointing, though, is um, genocide. Is it genocide? Stories. You know, the power of stories. That's so offensive. Genocide is a great makes for a great story, doesn't it? You know what else makes for a great story? John fucking coming back from the dead. You know what else makes for a great story? A little fucking girl sailing across the ocean and becoming a fucking assassin. You know what else makes a cool story? Sansa escaping. Because you like Sansa basically like outliving and outdoing. Yeah. Every person that has ever abused her ever. I'm not 
saying that Bran didn't go through some shit. I am saying that Mira dragged him everywhere <laughs> and she and was Hodor, nowhere to be found. And Hodor died holding the door. Didn't say a word. Not a peep, not an honorable mention, not a I like to thank God, my family, and these niggas. Like, that man literally said, and that's why I fucking came. And what, smiled. what did you think? I haven't seen Brand smile in like five seasons. I'm going to link in the show notes to a video that is old. I think it's older than season eight. I have um, confusion. And it might even be from last year. It basically explains that the three eyed raven canonically is uh, a Blackfire Targaryen and that he may or may not be pulling the strings for everything that's kind of happened. Um, And that if the Three-Eyed Raven's consciousness is now part of Bran um, and it's not just Bran anymore, then was this his plan all along? And they kind (laughs) of like called it in a very interesting way. So I want to put that in there because it's a much more book-based version of things, which actually makes sense. And that's ultimately how I feel about the finale, is that everything that happened, I can totally see happening. Like, I don't think that they made shit up that totally wouldn't have happened. I just don't think that they earned it. I don't think the writing was good. I think that there was very rushed pacing. And none of the character arcs that they that they spent all this time they didn't amount to anything. No. I mean, some parts of it they they were right about. I will say, fuck off the way they killed Jamie and Cersei. Like they should have <laughs> to the left, to the left. A lot of pain. They would be alive if they moved twenty <laughs> steps to the left. Oh my god! In the rubble, that's his hand. Fuck Jamie Lannister, though. <laughs> what he did to my girl, Brienne. Um, did you see that meme we are that talking walks ab- through the stages of abusive relationships? Yes. That, that was a word. That took me out. I was The give devastated. hope part. Devastated! Oh, my God. It, we're going to have to link it. It took me out. I hated it. Um, we're talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> we didn't even <laughs> Nope. That is quite the... Uh, Oh, my God. You know. Uh, Thrones, y'all. I, uh... Yeah, I mean, that would be cool, you know, if, like, a Targaryen, you know, stuck his consciousness in Bran or whatever and is now rule of the Seven Kingdoms for forever and ever and ever. And, like, I I agree. I think, like, all the stuff made sense, but, like, the details just aren't there. The depth isn't there. Like, give me... Something like something. if Bran does something in the books to earn this shit, like toward the end, then fine. Like Bran in the books might have a much bigger role in defeating the Night King. Yeah, and Bran in the books might have a much bigger role in whatever happens at King's Landing. Yeah, I just feel like these last two seasons have been like probably like the ten poles that George R. R. Martin wanted, but without any of the details. So we're just like, well, what the fuck is going on? Right. Because like, you know, we don't get the foreshadowing. We don't get the parallels, the blah, blah, blah. It's just, is hollow. It just feels hollow. The idea that all of the Starks end up ruling all of the different regions, like John is king of the North. John is king in the North. Sansa is queen of the North. Bran is king of the Six Kingdoms, and Arya is queen of the however many seas. Like, that seems like something George R. R. Martin would do, given that the Starks were essentially the main characters for the beginning of the books. That's true. I remember the first season was just like Stark City, and then seasons two through most of eight was just shitting on the stars. <laughs> <laughs> they were not winning. No, they were not winning at <laughs> they all. They were losing. I was like, I remember you watching my face when Ned got murked and <laughs> you were just like, it's Lannister time now. <laughs> I was so upset. I always hated the Lannisters. Yo, I've been a Stark stan from day one that was always my family, considering that most of the people that I have show crushes on are also in that family. So maybe that's as in driving more than one. one. As in more than one. Maybe that's what's driving my motivations here. 
We're gonna keep moving. But yeah, you know, I I'm not signing any petitions to change the show's ending. We got what we got. What we need to be signing petitions on is George R. R. Martin uh, writing some fucking books <laughs> that aren't side books. He just released a book last year that was the history of the Targaryens. What motherfucker? Write the main story. Oh my god! Because someone was like, part of the problem here with this, you know, in fiction is that you can't write something without knowing the ending and expect for it to like work. I just feel like this man has no idea how Game of Thrones is supposed to end. It better not end with the mention of the dot, the book, in the book. That took me out. <laughs> I, oh. That's been, if you read the books, though, it's, it seems pretty obvious that Sam is the maester who's, like, telling this story. I know, but, like, damn. And I know that in the show, he d- he's not necessarily the one who wrote it, but, like, I, g- I got the sense that someone is being told this. I hated it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. Did you see Tyr- Oh my god, Tyrion's face <laughs> when he was like, "You're not in it," <laughs> <laughs> which is mo- actually kind of fucked up, considering that he was hand of the queen and then hand of the king. Like he's kind of an important. He is person. actually a very important person and one of the only characters to make it through from the beginning. Like he's part of the reason why King's Landing didn't get taken by Stannis. Yeah. And partially the reason why it burns to the ground. Also, uh, very convenient how their little meeting spot was uh, not barbecued. How there was nothing wrong with it. I I don't know. There's just like a lot of, not inconsistencies, just not necessarily plot holes. It's sloppy. (sighs) It's a coffee cup and a water bottle sloppy. I know. I, I feel like I made this joke already. But like, I could not imagine being like, it's not too dark because I shot it. And then you shoot a coffee cup <laughs> in the very next episode. And then you shoot a water bottle in the series finale. In the series finale. It's out of control. Yeah, it's out of control. I, uh, it's whatever. I'm, are you excited about these uh, prequel shows? No, more. Who who are the show? They're not going to be run by D and D, so yeah, no, they're going to be, gonna be fucking up the Star Wars franchise. They better put their whole entire ass and foot and every body part, their whole being, into this whatever Star Wars project they're working on because I have no faith in them. Well, it's not like they weren't in charge of the show when it was good. They clearly just got either bored or felt rushed or whatever. But HBO has also been very clear, like, oh, we would have done it for as long as they wanted to. Because of course they would have. It's huge ratings. Yeah. It just, uh, yeah. Uh, It just didn't, I don't know. The last two seasons just didn't, just did not work for me. They were. Especially after Battle of the Bastards, which was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Battle of Winterfell doesn't even come close. No, I definitely think that Battle of the Bastards is a better battle than the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. Well, now it's over. Now we can all stop tweeting about it and suffering together. Um, I'll make the same joke, albeit very corny. Our watch has ended. Uh, You know, Big Little Lies looks amazing. I think I should fuck with that. <laughs> I do watch anything with Meryl Streep in it, so... I gotta find a new prestige TV show to watch and tweet about. What the fuck else is coming to HBO? Oh, Watchmen. Which looks interesting. I didn't realize it would be a continuation. Of- Chernobyl looks very good. Chernobyl looks very good, but also, like, that looks... like that. That's, that's high stress for me. <laughs> Yeah. That shit actually happened. I'd be like, no, I don't want to know. <laughs> I just don't. I'm not in this space right out of me knowing what niggas actually was doing. Anyway, I think that you should drop some music. Okay.
what have you been playing? Uh, not much. I'll be honest. Was it the whole grad school thing? Yes. Okay, next episode, you kind of don't have that excuse. Like, this is the buffer episode. <laughs> Am I not allowed to breathe? You're allowed to breathe, but this is a bi-weekly show. Damn. All right. Well, I have been playing two games. Uh-huh. First up, uh, we did play, we got to see these again. We mm, let's be very specific. We got into just the first mission in the new story mode that they have. We played it. Yes. I just want to be careful about saying we got into it. Okay, yeah, no, it wasn't like a whole deep dive. It was we, you know, Tim, our resident Sea of Thieves. Good old Tim. Expert was like, Y'all wanna play Sea of Thieves? There's a new story mode. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, let's check it out, I guess. So we did. Um, it was cute. It's the same, you know, gather materials, get in the ship, run around. The, the clue, you know, it was a little bit more like missiony and like some clues and like I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was like reading that damn book and I was like, where the fuck are we doing? There's some structure <laughs> to the same old shit. Yeah. And they added some fun stuff. Like it's, again, it's a good thing that I would spend about an hour on. Yeah. Like and then per week. Else. Right. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so yeah, if you're like Steve Thieves and you like story modes, check it out. It's cute. I'm sure we'll slowly get through the rest of the missions. I don't even know how long it is, but mm, give us like, you know, six months. Anyway. <laughs> uh, back into Forza Horizon 4. And it was yeah. a good time to come back in. We got some updates. Uh-huh. Big updates. Uh, for multiplayer... Custom races are back. So what you used to be able to do in Forza Horizon 3, you could be like, I want to race like B-class cars on a dirt road, and that's all I want to do. Plug little settings in and be like, find me other people that only want to do that shit. Uh, and they took it away for her- Forza Horizon 4, and I was very upset. Seems dumb. You can make the rules in 3 like general enough where like you can still get a bunch of people to play, but I guess sometimes you can make them super specific where people wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't find a big enough uh, group. That's the player's fault, though. That is the player's fault, though. Anyway, it's it's back. Um, it doesn't get into as much details as just what class, car, what type of race be like, um, like what surface you want to do road, you want to do street racing, you want to do um, dirt racing. And then my favorite, you can turn off Free Roam Rush. For those that don't know, Free Run Rush is the worst thing to ever come out of any racing game series ever. Oh. They just pick some point on the map that's like 10 miles away, and you just have to drive to it. But you don't have to use the road. You can just drive across the hills and the valleys and the streams or whatever. And it's a hot mess, and I hate it. Why? It's completely like luck. I think I've only won one of those types of races, and it, they're just not fun. Oh, because it's arbitrary where it is? Yeah. It's just kind of, it's just like, here's this point, get to it. And you could just, and usually what people try to do is just like go straight to it, but then there's like trees or whatever, or like a forest or whatever in the middle. I mean, I'm sure there was like some strategy to it, but like not enough where you could like figure it out in any amount of time within the race. So it just was a bad mode. It sucked. Um, it was a whole mode or was it just the beginning of races? It was a type of race. You could do like a circuit okay, race, a sprint okay. race, free run rush. So you can have the option to turn it off. Oh my god! Um, you can turn collisions off. So now they also have like some anti-griefing measures. A slowdown is applied if you hit the wall, and the harder you hit the wall, the more your slowdown is. So making races a lot more. I won't say winnable. I'll say manageable. <laughs> um, I've actually won a couple. You can't say winnable. I've won a couple. I've I've done some podium finishes. I can attest that he has done well, and that anti-griefing measures were needed because there was this one guy who was a total dick. Yeah, he kept knocking into me. Yeah, he they, he cost you um, the race. They cost you <laughs> the race. I was very upset. Um, it was. Also very funny. Yeah. Oh, so there's that. And then the you can turn on or off collisions. So, like, 
if the game detects that you're about to like bash the fuck into somebody, it'll just ghost both of your cars. You could just go through. And actually also happens at the beginning of races too, which is nice. Cause like, you know, that's what I'm here for. I'm like trying to like get better as a racer, not getting better at knocking a whole bunch of people, you know, into yeah, each other for the entire game games. Yeah. I would, I would like bank off of a car that was in the turn. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. That way I didn't have to slow down as much. It was great. Yeah. For me. I do think it's interesting that the, the slowdown is not optional. Because, like, some people, that's just how they play. They slam into the wall. Yeah, they just slam into walls and, you know, skid and whatever. Well, they're going to have to adapt. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I think it's going to create a much better community of racers. And it definitely is, like, making me better at racing, too, which is nice. Because, like, I don't feel like... Because it's kind of like if one person is just, you know, slipping and sliding and bashing into walls and hitting things at high speed, and you, everyone kind of has to do it or else you just can't keep up. So, fair enough. I like it. That's it, though, for me. What have you been playing? Really quick, I'll say that I've still been playing Apex, trying to get as much as I can uh, in the season pass before it's over. I foolishly bought the season pass. I do regret it. Um, (laughs) No. Not because the game is bad. And I did want to, like, show support because I thought the game was really polished, and I'm happy that it was in such a good state when it came out. Um, It's just that the rewards are kind of underwhelming. And Mm. Tim, who plays a lot more than us, although a lot less recently since that Sea of Thieves update, um, he's not even at level 60 out of 100 on the battle pass. Which, like, how is... Yeah. How how is that possible? He was playing nonstop all day, every day for, like, every time I saw him on. So if he's only at level 57, I can only imagine that it's super rare to get to 100, a.k.a. um, they built it in so that you would earn back the amount of money that you spent on the battle pass in the virtual currency. Uh, So you would, like, earn $10 worth of virtual currency back, and you actually buy the battle pass with the currency. You don't buy it directly. And so um, I'm, I'm feeling a little silly about buying the battle pass um but i've been trying to get as much out of it as possible so i've been playing some apex which is always fun um the division two i have been playing some like maintenance on it i haven't been super super heavy into it for reasons we'll get into momentarily um but it's it's still amazing they did add a few new things in for season pass holders including some uh challenge missions i just did one tonight it was pretty cool um just expanding the story and the lore and the depth of of the city um also the raid came out that's right the unbeatable raid the unbeatable raid yeah so (laughs) it's actually the first time that i'm gonna say that i'm disappointed uh, in massive, <gasps> yeah, and it's kind of I'm I'm kind of annoyed that it's the fucking raid. Mm. Like, it, fuck up something else. Don't fuck up the raid. Big eight person raid too. It's quite intense. Yeah. So, namely, they don't have matchmaking for the raid. Oh, so if you can't get together a right crew there. Yeah. of eight people, you are not going to be able to complete the raid. Now, admittedly, their whole spiel is. In order to complete the raid, you need to have eight well-coordinated people. And so are you really going to be able to do it if you're just doing a match-made group that we put together for you? And I can understand where they're coming from. I haven't seen any of the raid footage because I don't want to go in without... uh, I want to go in without knowing anything, and I haven't been able to go in yet. Right. Um, So if it's anything like the Destiny raids... You do need a coordinated team. However, if people know what to do, uh, it is a thing also in Destiny pickup groups to teach new people what to do. So I don't understand why that is the barrier that they have claimed that it is. And it's really disappointing because they promised as part of you know the game that every activity would have matchmaking. So it seems like they're going back on their word. Um, on that one, which is disappointing. Wait, so does it annoy you that like Destiny 
doesn't let you match make for raids. It's infuriating that Destiny doesn't let you match make. However, they never have, and they never set the expectation that they would. Uh, well, so we also wouldn't have gotten a good episode out of that. So fair enough. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it is frustrating. Yeah, uh, in Destiny as well, but more so frustrating that I kind of felt like they promised the opposite here. Secondly, I'm annoyed because PC beat it in five hours and change. Console beat it like 36 hours later or something. Um, it was not on the first or second day, I believe. A PlayStation team was the first team to do it, and then a few Xbox teams. And I just saw an update that said only 36 console teams have completed the raid. I don't know if that's 36 completions of the raid or 36 teams with 36 plus completions, but that's really low. And they said, mm, we're not going to do anything about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the raid's hard. You wanted hard content. Here it is. Wow. So suck it up and, and beat the fucking raid. Wow. Which, like, on the one hand, cool. I appreciate the challenge <laughs> from the devs. <laughs> on the other hand, you fucking do it and stream it. You play the raid on console and stream it. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if devs need to be the ones to need to demonstrate that they can beat it. I'm not saying that the devs need to demonstrate, but like if Massive is saying it's not too difficult, you can do it. I, I want them to try to do it. It doesn't matter who the them is. Okay. It could be QA people. I don't fucking care. <laughs> um, That's but fair. It's I, annoying. Yeah. Well, maybe I have to catch up. I have to catch up anyway. Um, you do need to fucking catch I need to catch up. up and then we can... Start the journey of finding six other people to play with. It's really not going to be that hard. We have Jack. We have me. We have my brother. We have Nerd. Uh, nerd's nerd. friend. Like, I think we only need, like, one or two people. Does Jack play like that? He's ready for it. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Hmm. It's That's the thing. It's not hard to get to the top level. You just have to do it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm looking forward to playing more Division 2. I still love it. I am kind of disappointed. And maybe I'll feel silly about being so upset about this when I try it. Like, maybe our team will be, it'll be a breeze. So fucking good. I doubt it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, wow. Oh, God. I mean. Um, finally. Finally. I am planning on a big episode when I finally finish Mass Effect 3. Oh. Uh, we're going to talk about the politics of the game and go into the lore and everything with a special guest. I've already set it up. Um, Who's the guest? I just have to finish it. Um, it'll be a surprise. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. I did finish Mass Effect 2. Yes. So I will talk briefly about it because, again, I want to keep a lot of the more story the details, stuff, the details for, for that this special future episode. episode that I don't even know who we're getting to come talk about so there's that g's move in silence like lasagna it's real g's <laughs> move in silence like lasagna if you're gonna quote lil wayne do it correctly thank you that's all i ask no one should be quoting <laughs> i mean that is one of my i always thought here here's a little aside um i've always wanted to get like a tattoo of that lyric, but in like, like uh, the like black light ink, so you couldn't see it unless it was under black light. Look, I was young. I'm I was very embarrassed. My early twenties. By and for you, I was doing a lot of club things. Yeah, that seems like a lot. Whew. We anyway. grow. We you know we move on. We grow up from NT way. <laughs> I am emotionally invested. I I lost someone and I was very upset. I did not realize you were very upset. when you enter. Yeah, I was most upset because it's really kind of your fault. I, it, it is. How was I supposed to know you didn't get all the upgrades for the damn ship? I wouldn't have chosen Tali to do that thing if... I had known there was even a possibility that she would die. I just simply didn't know. You gotta, you gotta do the upgrades for the ship, my nigga. Well, 
I didn't do all the upgrades to the ship. And what's most unfortunate is that I had plenty of resources. I completely had the ability to do it. I didn't realize that that was the end of the game. I just, oh. I didn't understand that. And so Seems when I... be a theme for them, huh? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You tell me because I'm playing Mass Effect 3 right now and I... I went to the Citadel randomly and it was a fucking mission. Like I just wanted to land and try to fuck that engineer guy. And you mean the pilot? Yeah. Mr. Cortez. Oh, poor Cortez. He really went through a lot. I need him to stop talking about his husband and start talking to me closely with his lips on my lips. He's grieving. We can grieve. He is unanchoring himself. We can, I can help. Anyway, Anyway, Mass Effect 2 is homophobic because it wouldn't let me romance any men. (laughs) Also, Mass Effect 3, the ending is quite clear because it's basically like a goodbye section before you do the mission. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's like a whole like, it's a thing. Also, the upgrades are very different in Mass Effect 3. Um, Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was incredibly upset when I lost Tali. I loved the whole idea of the Quarians and like what they were doing, the metaphor for the Roma and all this stuff. Like I just super love it. And I was very sad that she died. Um, I did manage to save everyone else. I had all the other upgrades. I just didn't think that the one for her mattered that much because I never used her in battle. RPG, so, motherfucker. I just, it all matters. I just didn't think it would. Um, I'm also kind of enthralled <laughs> with the story um, mm. because it's a very interesting trope. It's the same trope as The Matrix. It's the same trope as Battlestar Galactica. That, like, everything is a cycle and all of the cataclysms and stuff will happen over and over again ad nauseum. Unless there's, like, the special one person who stops the cycle. Breaks the wheel. (laughs) Breaks the wheel. (sighs) (laughs) Anyway, I was kind of blown away by the complexity of Mass Effect 2. Mm. I didn't expect, like, when I went to the map for the first time and I was doing around the solar system, I was like, oh, interesting. Like, you know, we're going to go to all these different planets. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that when I go to the Mass Effect relay, I actually kind of get blown out to the whole galaxy. And then I realized what I was dealing with in terms of scope. Yeah. Um, I got lost in the exploring where you can go to planets and you can mine materials. That's why I had so many materials because I would just sit and go mine every single planet to make sure that I like completed every single nebula or star cluster in every single, you know, part of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I really fell in love with it. Um, I understand why everyone loved it so much at the time. I don't love the shooting. Uh, The shooting in Mass Effect 3 is infinitely better than in Mass Effect 2, but it's still not what I would prefer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can see how they got to (laughs) Anthem from that. Yeah. I mean, I always was an adept, so, like, I was mostly using, like, power-ups and not the gun the whole time. So that's so another thing that I that, didn't yeah. quite get. Like, I didn't understand the impact of the different classes on Shepard. And so you're just talking about an adept, which is essentially a biotic character. They have, like, different body modifications that allow them to essentially become, like, um, Jean I would say, Grey from, yeah. from X-Men. Or like, Jedi Plus. Yeah, Jedi Plus is a good way to put it. Um, if you have a good setup for that, then you don't have to use your bullets as much. I'm playing... Uh, as a like kind of forward soldier in my Mass Effect 3 playthrough, I have this shield that comes on and then I can detonate it and it basically kills anything that's near me mm-hmm. so I can get kind of up close to things and really get in their face. Um, but in Mass Effect 2, I ran a stealth uh, shepherd and I didn't fucking use it at all. Like I literally barely 
used it. And I frankly didn't understand that you could utilize the other people that you were with to the extent that I'm utilizing them now. Yeah. It just wasn't intuitive to me. Um, That's fair. To understand all those things. And I never got much into the systems. I was just kind of trying to get the plot. Right. Um, and now I'm I'm glad that I did. It's paying off. I'm very emotional playing Mass Effect 3. Uh and the mistaken. Yeah. A, a a character just died that I really like loved in Mass Effect 2. <laughs> I'm so upset. Um, and yeah, that's ultimately my takeaway. I'm pissed off at Anthem for being so fucking bad. Narratively, like, put all the other stuff away. Like, okay, first time making a looter shooter mistakes, which are unacceptable considering the pedigree of looter shooters at this point, but okay, aside. (laughs) Just the narrative. What the fuck happened? I mean, now you see why I was so especially angry about uh, Anthem. I get it. You feel my pain. I do. And my joy in knowing that Mass Effect is the greatest franchise to ever come out, ever. We shall see. Um, I will say, I think that I'm going to be inoculated from pe- like the being pissed off thing. I think that people who played all of the possibilities and really leaned into the idea of making different decisions. Like, I'm playing Paragon, so I'm like, good guy. I always do the good guy dialogue. I don't ever do anything negative or rash. And you can have very different outcomes in vi- in different situations depending on what dialogue you choose. And apparently in Mass Effect 3, it, it kind of doesn't matter in the end. And I guess for me, I'm not yeah. going to have much – that's not going to have an impact on me because I've only ever experienced it the one way. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to – the Mass Effect 3 ending is a conversation to be had, but you haven't gotten there yet. So. I'll know soon enough. Okay. I will say I was not expecting the Reapers to be in like full on attack mode in Mass Effect Three. I oh, yeah. figured that you'd be like staving off the Reaper, the Reapers, not literally engaged in a galactic war with them. That's Bioware from ten years ago. Always with the surprises. Hmm. Well, I think that was a show. I agree. Word. Um. Thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate your support. As always, please share the show with a gamer friend. As always, rate and review on your podcast delivery service of choice. Lord. As what? always, podcast delivery service. I don't know. This is Postmate. <laughs> Have a good one, deuces. Bye.